Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. (laughs) Now, that's not just a crazy title that I came up with. Believe it or not, that comes right out of the Bible. You, You see, the Bible gives us an analogy involving dead flies as a warning to all of us. You see, just one little bitty dead fly can mess some things up, according to the Bible. Here, here's the scripture. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly in him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Now that's where we're going today, and we'll come back there in just a moment. But I'm going to talk to you about looking for dead flies. Very quickly, if you are planning on being baptized today, would you just stand up and come stand with me here on the stage? Come on up. Amen. Isn't this a beautiful sight? All right. We're going to do uh, baptism. Uh, We're going to use a little different fashion today. Uh, What we're going to do is while I'm baptizing, because we believe baptism is a part of worship, right? Man, we're worshiping God. We're praising God for saving souls. Uh, These folks will be worshiping the Lord through obedience of baptism. So what we're going to do, and we've never done this before, but at the conclusion of the service, we'll baptize. And what we'll do is we're going to stand and worship at that time. And you're going to be worshiping. They will be worshiping while I'm baptizing them. It's going to be a great experience. It'll be something new for us, but it'll be exciting. All right. So, but during that time, I will not give you their names and you'll not be able to hear me talk. So I want you to know who these folks are. And so give us your name and you can say anything else you'd like to say. Uh, Dax Carson. Dax? That's it. Invited Jesus into your heart. Yes, sir, I have. Saved I'm ready you. to make that walk. Right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm Tavares Williams, and I invited Jesus to my heart. When, uh, you did this, what, last Sunday, or was it the Sunday before? Oh, what, uh, joint to be baptized? Yeah, no, when you asked the Lord to come into your heart. Oh, uh, yeah, it was the Sunday before last. Okay, yes. two Sundays ago. Two Sundays ago, yeah. I asked him to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely awesome. Tell us Macy Zinzer. One more time. Macy Zinzer. Macy and uh, Macy, you invited the Lord into your heart? Yes. Yeah? And so when did you do this? You did this a while back, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was six, I think. Yeah. But anyway, so let me tell you. I don't care how long ago it's been that you invited Jesus to come into your heart. If you haven't been baptized, the sooner the better. Yeah. And you're coming to stand with your daughter? I'm just here with her. Okay. That's what I thought. All right. 
Tell us who you are. Ariel Gunner. All right, Ariel and Gunner. And, and Dad's coming to stand with them. In fact, he's going to go in the baptismal waters with me, but they will be baptized today. They've trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We have an excellent children's program which teaches the truth. Tell us who you are. Benjamin. Benjamin, and you asked the Lord to come into your heart? Yes, sir, about a year ago, and I'm forever thankful that, he, uh, that I've been saved while I'm so young. Amen. Yeah, Amen. Wow. Wow. Jonathan. Jonathan. Yes, sir. I uh, was born again, uh, knew Christ my whole life, but I was born again about a year and a half ago. And it's now being faithful in the walk and being dipped and cleansed and forevermore washing away with old, dead, and being risen again. Yes. And I'll say Shabbat Shalom, right? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> now, just in case you're not aware of this, there are two analogies in the Bible for baptism. One of them is death, burial, and resurrection. Buried with Christ, buried in the likeness of Christ, that's death. Raised in the likeness of Christ to walk in newness of life. But there's another passage in the scripture that talks about being baptized and your sins being washed away. Now we know the literal water doesn't do that, but I want to tell you, obedience washes your sins away when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for that, man. All right, this is, this Chloe. is Chloe, the wife, and so you're being baptized today. Yes. Yeah. And you tra- when were you saved? A year ago when I met my husband. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Yes. I'm excited. They're, they're, they're on fire. I'm another Jonathan. Jonathan. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, you came forward, what, a couple of Sundays ago? At least, yeah. 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 I can't remember, but I remember you coming forward. Yeah. You know, one of the things we believe in in this church, if you're going to preach the gospel, give people an invitation and an opportunity to respond to the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't invite me to your home and tell me how good the cooking is if you're not going to let me sit down and eat it. Yeah. Okay, all right. Just so. I'm Alicia. I was baptized when I was 12, but I'm getting read, starting new. Okay. And I love Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's a great testimony. I'm Patsy. Patsy, and you're being baptized today? I'm recommitting. You're recommitting your life. The Holy Spirit. I lost my husband. About five years ago. Uh huh. That's and, rough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. And but he's. I lost. He, he, but Jesus is a friend. And he's come back. Sticks closer than a brother. And I was Amen. moved by the Spirit to recommit so I can a- rejoice. Amen. 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 Now, now that's a little bit of a sermon. She. Re- no, but that's a great sermon. She recommitted her life. So she could rejoice again. Maybe if you've lost your rejoicing, maybe you need to recommit your life. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back to your seats. I'll tell you in a few moments to go back to the back and get ready. But you can go back to your seats and then we'll go get ready for baptism shortly. So the message today is entitled, Looking for Dead Flies. Now, one more time, I'll read the scripture, Ecclesiastes 10.1, Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly in him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Now, I rarely preach from the King James Version. I use the New King James 
uh, most of the time. But I, I use the King James because I memorized this verse many, many, many years ago, and it had an impact on my life. Now, the word apothecary in that text is uh, a word that means pharmacist, druggist, chemist, someone who makes perfume. And the text is saying to us, this is what the Bible is saying to us, that dead flies cause the ointment, cause the cough syrup, if you please, cause the medicine or the perfume to send forth King James, a stinking savor. In other words, a bad odor. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't smell good. And I can only imagine when this was written in the day of no refrigeration that this would be intensified. That things would have a tendency to spoil quickly and, and not smell very well. But then it doesn't stop there. This is what it says. It says, so does a little folly, and pay special attention to the word little, so does a little folly in him that's in reputation for wisdom and honor. Now, I want to tell you, first of all, this message has been to me. I trust that it will be to you a little bit convicting because I've had some, I've had some big follies in my life, but I've also had way too many little follies in my life. But the idea is this, just as dead flies spoil the medicine, just as a few little dead flies do that, so is the case with us. And that is that a few little things can mess up our lives. That's what the Scripture is telling us. Now, to give you a visual of this, and, I, and this is what the Bible does if we read it and visualize it, if you can imagine standing in your kitchen or your bathroom where you normally take your medication, and let's just say you're going to take some cough syrup, and you take a bottle of cough syrup and you take a tablespoon and you pour that cough syrup into that spoon and you notice that something is floating on top of the cough syrup. And then you realize it's flies. It's dead flies. Now, my question to you is this. What will you do at that moment? Will you very carefully remove the dead flies and take the cough syrup? even if you really, really, really need the cough syrup. That doesn't help. Would you discard it and see if there are any more dead flies in the bottle so that you can keep it for future use? No. Okay. Just trying to give you a visual. So, the service is over. We've had a grand and great time. By the way, isn't this a beautiful crowd here today? Praise the Lord. Yeah. We've had a... A grand and glorious time. The service is over. You go to your favorite restaurant. You're craving a salad. And you get a salad. And man, you can't wait to dig into this salad. And all of a sudden, you notice something dark. Something unusual. And you take your fork and you move it aside just a little bit. And it's a water bug. A roach. They're all roaches to me. There's a roach in your salad. Now, my question to you is, will you remove the roach and eat the salad? Will you check to see how many more roaches are in the salad? I, let me ask you a question. How many bugs does it take to mess up a salad? Just one bug. Just one. 
That's all it takes. Now, I'm not trying to be gross. I'm trying to drive home something I hope you'll never forget. You bite into your favorite food. And then you notice something stringy in your mouth. And it is your favorite food. And you pull out a hair. Now, it's just one little hair, and this is your favorite food, and you've been craving it. I don't know about you, but that kind of does it for me, right? I, I mean, no more. In 1975, and I remember the year very vividly because that's the year I was ordained, my wife and I were pastoring a little church up in Georgia, and we were so excited and we had been, and been invited right after church to go home with a family in our church and eat with them. And we were excited about that, and they told us where they lived, and we drove up in front of the house, and it was a brick home, looked nice. But I started realizing that something is not quite right when I walked up on the porch because the door was wide open, and it was in the summertime. The door was wide open. There was a screen door, but no screen in the screen door. When we walked into that home, we literally stepped through the screen door and went in. I knew, I knew things were not going to be well. I'm just telling you, I knew it. And I did what I always do, and I recommend it to you after I've been to church. And I love you guys, but after I've been to church and I shake a couple hundred hands, I go wash my hands. And so I, when I walked through the door, I said, where's your bathroom? I'd like to wash my hands. And they pointed me to the bathroom, and I go in the bathroom, and the first thing I notice is there's no soap, there's no hand towel, there's no towel of any kind, there's no paper of any kind in this bathroom, there's no shower curtain, I mean nothing. And, and so I decide I will look in the little linen closet, and when I open the linen closet. It was putrid. There was about a foot deep of trash in the bottom of that, that closet that was just obnoxious. You wouldn't have touched it with anything. I mean, you'd need a, a shovel and a, a, a breathing mask to, to get that stuff out. Let me tell you, I knew at that moment that we were in trouble. We were in big trouble. And, and, and I can tell you, I can put up with just about anything, but my wife, not so much. <laughs> it doesn't take much to turn her stomach. So anyway, I'm praying that this is a nightmare I'll wake up from and this, none of this will be happening. I go back in the living room and I know, I, I know sometimes you people may think that us preachers make things up, but you can't make this stuff up. I sit down on the sofa, and the family, the husband and wife that invited us, they're there. It was kind of a low-profile sofa. I sit there. And when I sat down, I noticed there was a huge roach that had somehow made his way up the outside of my pants leg. I, I may have brought him from the bathroom, I don't know. <laughs> but he crawled up the outside of my pants leg and he perched 
right there. And I don't know what they do with those antennas, but they were just scouting me out. I mean, we were, I was eyeball to eyeball with a roach. And I can tell you, this roach was not afraid of human beings. They had been living peacefully in the same home with human beings. Now, friends, I want to tell you, I'm in a home that's brand new. And, and not long ago, I found a roach in my house. But I can tell you this, we don't coexist. We don't live peaceably together. When I see a roach, there's all-out war. Somebody's got to go. Are you with me? Somebody's got to go. It gets stranger. So I'm there. I'm looking at this roach. And I'm thinking how awkward, how embarrassing this must be. I know in just a few moments they're going to see this roach. And they're going to be embarrassed. And I don't know what to do. Do I point it out? Do I, what, what do I do? And I, they never acted like they saw it. And then... And I thought, the only thing I'm sure of is if that roach advances, (laughs) it's not going to be good. Well, sure enough, he took about three steps, and when he did, I took my fingers like this, and I thumped him as hard as I could. He fluttered up into the middle of the room and then spiraled down to the carpet and died. And if I'm standing before you, they never acknowledged it. I don't understand that kind of stuff. They say, let's eat. We go to the kitchen. It was kind of a kitchen dining area. Have you lost your appetite yet? (laughs) Maybe this will be a good time to call a church fast because nobody's going to want to eat after this service. And, and, And so we go to the kitchen and she walks over to the cabinet. You, you can verify all this with my wife. I'm, she, she was there. When they opened the cabinet, as soon as the light came into that dark cabinet, bugs scurried everywhere. I mean, they were just fluttering. She reaches up, takes two glasses, two or three or four glasses, however many, she doesn't rinse them out, and she puts them on the table, puts ice in them, and pours the tea in them. I am not joking you. We are sitting there, and I'm thinking, how are we going to do this? And my wife kicks me under... Guys, I want to show a hands. How many of you have wives that kick you under the table? Come on. Come on, guys. It's, it's a woman thing, isn't it? And half the time, I don't know why she's kicking me. But she kicks me, and I looked at her, and she does this. She does this. She's pointing right at her glass of tea. And I leaned up, and I looked into her glass. There's a dead water bug floating upside down in her tea glass. Now, let's be hypothetical just for a moment. What if I had taken a spoon, dipped the bug out, and handed the tea to her? Would that... (laughs) Would that... Would that work for you? It did not work for my wife either. Uh, she never touched, uh, I mean, never took a sip. We, we, we tried to, have, have you ever tried to act like you were eating when you were not eating? That's exactly what we did. And when we got in the car, 
this is rare because I'm usually the one spouting off. My wife said, don't you ever, ever as long as I live, take me someplace like that again. And I said, you don't have to worry. I won't. You, you see, it doesn't take... Now, that was overkill. But any one of those things was bad enough. Now, I, it, it doesn't take much. So does a little folly in him that's in reputation for wisdom and honor. D- did you know nature actually testifies to this? In some areas of nature, they call it... There's some articles on this. They call it a million to one ratio. In some areas of nature, it only takes one part of something bad to mess up a million parts of something good. Here it is. I'll just give you one illustration. One drop of used motor oil can contaminate a million drops of water. Just one drop. And when I read that, the first thing that came to my mind was this. How many drops... How many little bitty drops of worldly contamination placed in our lives does it take to mess up our lives? You see, dead flies cause the ointment to send forth a foul odor. So does a little folly in him that's in reputation for wisdom and honor. I, I want to I give you a few quotes right now, and I hope you'll write one or two of these down and, and teach them to your children. Put it up in your house. Here's the first one. Just a little bit of something bad can destroy a lot of something good. It's true. Here's another quote. A little foolishness can make a lot of wisdom useless. It's what the Bible teaches. It's what nature tells us. Here's another one. A little bit of foolishness mixed with a lot of good can cause your life to be repulsive to others. And here's a short one. A little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Just a little folly. Now, that leads me to tell you as a church that there are some sayings that we need to lose and we need to understand that they're not even true. For instance, have you ever heard, don't sweat the small stuff? That's not what our Bible teaches, is it? The Bible teaches that every word is important. Everything you do is important. The way we act. Uh, did, did, you, did you know that the Bible even talks about the look in your eyes? It, 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 it talks about... Uh, Winking the eye. I mean, just little things. Don't sweat the the small stuff. I'm telling you, friends, every dedicated Christian who's serious about living for the glory of God pays attention to the little things in your life. And it's my opinion, I don't know if you will agree with this or not, but if you pay attention to the little things in your life, you may not have as many big problems as you do. You see, the little, the little things. I look back at my life, and, and when I've made big mistakes, it's because I started making a lot of little mistakes. And it was already made by the time I got there. Here, here's another saying. 
that we need to lose. By the way, don't ever say don't sweat the small stuff. Pay attention to the small stuff. Here's another one. All things in moderation. Really? All things? Maybe some things, but all things? Man, that's, that, that's a devil's doctrine right there. Can, can you imagine using this defense in a court of law? You've been hauled in for shoplifting? And you say to the judge, my defense is all things in moderation. I only do this like two days a year. I'm not excessive with it. I don't let it get out of hand. I mean, can you just see the judge saying, okay, that makes sense. You're doing this in moderation. No. Let me tell you, there are things that have no place in our lives. And and what's happening to the church today, I'm not fussing at you this morning, but what's happening to the church and the reason we're losing our glow and the reason we're losing our glory and the reason we're losing our appeal is because we are conforming to the world and we're letting the little things that the world's doing infiltrate our lives. And oh, we we need to stop that. Here's one more. And we hear this a lot. It's what's in your heart that counts. No... No, it's not what's in your heart that counts. By the way, you better hope and pray it's not what's in your heart that counts. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. Who can even know it? I don't mean to insult you today, but your heart is wicked. Your heart has an inclination, a propensity toward wickedness. And the devil can easily deceive your heart. And that's the reason you need to stay in the Word of God. You don't do what your heart wants you to do. You do what the Word of God says you're to do. That's what you do. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, there are things that enter our hearts that the enemy puts there that we need to repent of and, you just, and, and get it behind us. And by the way, Jesus never said you'd be judged by what's in your heart. Do you know what Jesus said? This may surprise some of you. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 12, 37. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words will be condemned. It's not what's in your heart that matters. It's what you say that matters. It's how you live. It's how you act. And, and, and we, we need to nail this down. So, the most practical application of this text is this. And that if dead flies mess up the oil and the ointment, then we as God's children should be looking for dead flies, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be examining our lives to see if there are dead flies in our lives? Shouldn't we do, be, be taking inventory, inventory to make sure that we are not walking around with a lot of little sins? I tell you, God loves it when we, when we just say, hey, listen, I've messed up, I've blown it, I, I've made mistakes, I've embarrassed myself, I've shamed maybe my family, maybe my church, but you know what? From this day forward, from this day forward, I'm going after God. You see, you see the... The little flies that mess up the ointment, that, that's talking about the little flaws, the little sins, the little mistakes that you and I make. Not the big mistakes, but the little mistakes. 
God wants, please listen to this, God wants us as His children to be wise. He wants us to be honorable. He wants us to be ethical. He wants us to be moral. He wants us to be beautiful, shining, glorious, radiant witnesses to a lost and dying world. That's what God wants. And believe it or not, did you know that God wants us to smell good? The Bible talks about us as Christians having the aroma of Christ on our lives. So that we are a sweet-smelling savor to the Lord. And we are a sweet perfume to the world around us. Um, I wanted to read this out of one translation. One translation says it this way. We are to be a sweet perfume to God and to those who need to be saved. When people interact with us, they should be overwhelmed by the beauty and the glory and the aroma of Christ. Dead flies mess all that up, folks. This is not one of those sermons where I'm trying to beat you over the head and point out your flaws. I'm just trying to say, if you're a Christian, understand this. The little things matter. What about you? What about me? What about all of us? Really taking a closer look at our lives. What about identifying something in your life and saying, you know what? I know others may not think that's all that bad, but that's just dead flies. That has no place in my life. I don't want that in my life anymore. Well, what, what about identifying maybe some word or some joke or some off-color saying and saying, you know what, that has no place in my vocabulary. Uh, that's just dead flies. That, that, that's not pleasing to the Lord, and it doesn't make me attractive <clears throat> to the world. What about this one? I can't put that kind of stuff on social media anymore. It's just dead flies. It makes me look bad. It makes God look bad. It makes my church family look bad. That's just dead flies. I can't put that on social media anymore. By the way, church, I, there is nothing I have in my heart that I desire more than to see this church. We're on what we call Journey 600 right now. We're going to go from 500 to 600 in attendance. As soon as we hit 600, we're going to go to 700, and then we're going to have Journey 800, and we're just going to keep doing that till Jesus comes. I'm excited about that. Do you know what I fully believe the number one hindrance that will keep us from getting there? Social media. Social media. If you put something out there before the world, it better be good. It better be glorious. It better be Christ-honoring. It better exalt the kingdom of God and the church of Jesus Christ. This is a good time to clap. And no, your husband or wife did not call me and ask me to say that from the, from the pulpit. Oh, friends... Friends, we, we, we need to clean things up, don't we? That has no place in, in, in my life. How, how about this? That, that habit, uh, that addiction, that dependency, that's just dead flies. That, that, 
that has no place in my life. I don't want that in my life. No more dead flies. No more making excuses for the little mistakes. Isn't it time that we as a church really say we want to shine for His glory? Isn't it time that, that we say, I don't want to be like the rest of the world. I want the glory of Almighty God shining in me and through me. Well, friends, in order for that to happen, we've got to get rid of the dead flies. Would you bow with me in prayer? Dead flies. As we go into the invitation, I'm going to ask those of you who are getting... Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today, or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.